ഹമദുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹു
when she was born Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was 30 years of age itni umar thi 30 and the second eldest daughter is Hazrat Ruqayya radiyallahu ta'ala anha when she was born Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was 33 years of age and then it was Hazrat Umm Kulsum radiyallahu ta'ala anha and then the youngest from all of them the sisters Hazrat Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anha Hazrat Ruqayya radiyallahu ta'ala anha Hazrat Zainab radiyallahu ta'ala anha now Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was a dear father to all of his children a man who took time out subhanallah this is the great seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the duties of nabuwat Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had all the time for his family for his wives and also for his children so they were very very close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam now before marrying Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an Mu'arikheen have mentioned that Hazrat Ruqayya and Hazrat Umm Kulsum were both married to two individuals whose names are Utbah and Utaybah Utbah and Utaybah So Hazrat Ruqayya was married to Utbah and Hazrat Umm Kulsum was married to Utaybah Utbah and Utaybah Utbah and Utaybah were brothers and Hazrat Ruqayya and Umm Kulsum are sisters so you have two sisters marrying two brothers now we need to understand the relationship between Utbah, Utaybah and Hazrat Ruqayya Hazrat Umm Kulsum and how Utbah were related to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Utbah and Utaybah are the sons of Abu Lahab who are they? Like a bomb, isn't it? Exploding. Utbah and Utaybah are the sons of Abu Lahab. Now, Abu Lahab was the immediate neighbor of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the city of Makkah. The vehement enemy, the arch enemy of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The man who dedicated his life to oppose Islam. Now, Allah's Nabi, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's two daughters are married to Utbah and Utaybah. This was before, of course, the laws were given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now the laws are. Revelation uh, clearly states that it is unlawful for the believers to marry mushrikeen. So now it is not jais for anyone to marry those who are the polytheists, the mushrikeen. But this was before the revelation was revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the early days of Nabuwat. In the early days of Nabuwat. Now Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam accepted the proposals that came from Utbah and Utaybah hoping that possibly it would just dilute the situation, uh, the, the difficulty that came from Abu Lahab anticipating that maybe when they look at the good character of Hazrat Ruqayya and Hazrat Umm Kulsum, this would allow Utbah and Utaybah also to embrace Islam. And if Utbah and Utaybah were to become Muslims, this would also have an effect on the father. Now Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was a well-wisher. He wanted all of humanity to become Muslims. This was his wish. 
Subhanallah. Even for Abu Lahab, even for Abu Jahl, and such immense sacrifice that he said yes to Utbah and Utaybah marrying Hazrat Ruqayya and Hazrat Umm Kulsum, hoping that maybe by this marital relationship it would soften the heart of Abu Lahab. But Hidayat is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu Akbar. It is said that this man, Abu Lahab, we need to understand the character of Abu Lahab in order to really understand how the two daughters were divorced and how they came into the nikah of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. The name of Abu Lahab is Abdul Uzza. Kya naam hai? Abdul Uzza. This was the nickname given to Abu Lahab. Lahab in the Arabic language means fire or flames. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has depicted him in the, in the verse of Surah Al-Lahab with his nickname, not his original name as Abdul Uzza. Why? Because Abu Lahab has the connotation of Jahannam. It is related to the fire of hell. Lahab means flames and Jahannam also means fire. So Allah has kept that relationship between the name of Jahannam and the name given to Abu Lahab. This man was the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abdullah, the father of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Lahab were both brothers. The father was Abdul Muttalib, the mother was different, but the father was one. So they were uh, Abu Lahab was the uncle to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in relation. And at that time Abu Lahab also accepted the daughters of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The one thing that we need to remember is that this was just a binding in the form of nikah. The consummation of marriage did not take place. The rukhsati, hum kya kehte? Rukhsati. The consummation of the marriage did not take place. So they were still living with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Alhamdulillah. They were still living with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam at the father's house. They did not move to the dwellings of their husbands. So the nikah was done. That Umm Kulsum is married and Hazrat Ruqayya is also married. Now the pressure comes from Abu Lahab to divorce the daughters of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he pressures Utbah and Utaybah. We need to understand why Abu Lahab had taken this step. Not only was he an enemy, but when one verse of Surah Al-Shu'ara was revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah says, وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ Allah's Nabi was commanded that, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, warn your close relatives warn them and say to them that if they don't accept the revelation that comes to you then Allah will punish the people of Makkah so as was the custom at that time if any important message had to be declared individuals would stand on the mountain of Safa this was the tartib Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam also stood on the mountain of Safa and he called them by the by the names of the tribes and he said Ya Abde Munaf Ya Banu Abde Munaf Ya Banu Abdul Muttalib O clan of uh, Abde Munaf and O clan of uh, Banu 
Abdul Muttalib and he mentioned all of the tribes of Makkah and slowly a crowd now gathered in front of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam at that time they knew him to be Muhammad al Amin Muhammad the trustworthy Muhammad al Amin so when they saw Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam all of them stood in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam subhanallah what a wonderful teacher he was he did not put the message given to him directly at the people first but he looked and he analyzed the situation the behavior of the people uh, how they were is there a possibility that they would reject him so capturing their concentration he said to them that if i was to tell you that your enemies are waiting to attack you the people of Makkah and they are hiding behind the mountains of Makkah would you believe me and every single one of them said to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam labbaik of course we would believe you you are Muhammad al-Amin you have never lied Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not speak lies so we would believe you and then he looked down Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam then said to them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me nabuwat Allah has appointed me as a nabi after Musa alayhi salam and after Isa alayhi salam and I come to you with the message of tawheed with the, that you believe in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if you reject tawheed Allah will punish you all Allahu Akbar now things change immediately <laughs> things change immediately the first man to speak out against Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is this man Abdul Uzza Abu Lahab and he stood up and he looked at his nephew and Aliyazu billah he said tabban laka ya Muhammad alihada jama'tana tabban laka ya Muhammad alihada jama'tana and tabban these are just the words that I'm going to translate uh, these are words that invoke curse in the Arabic language and he said ruins may ruins seize you O Muhammad this would be the right translation that may ruins seize you O Muhammad or may you be perished aliyazu billah and he said is this why you have gathered us here alihaza jama'atana and he picked up a stone and he threw it at nabi kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam allahu akbar so it was after this revelation wa anzir ashiratakal akrabin the enmity starts between Abu Lahab and Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam he did have this natural dislike for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam if you recall when Hazrat Hamza was beating up Abu Lahab also and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam noticed on one occasion that Abu Lahab and Abu Talib also had a bit of an argument and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam lifted up Abu Lahab with one hand and he threw him to the ground with one hand and that is the time Abu Lahab said to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam oh nephew you, you want to take on your uncle and that is it now there is no relationship between you and I we end the relationship here I am not your uncle so this enmity started from the very beginning but after the verses reveal 
to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam inviting all of the tribes again this was exposed to the people of Makkah also Alama have mentioned when the Muslims heard of how he spoke to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam those that loved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and those that were the family members of Rasulullah they also wanted Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in return to curse Abu Lahab and they knew if Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to curse Abu Lahab Allah's Rasul's dua would be accepted but subhanallah Allah is very merciful that which was the desire of the muslimin and they wanted that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would curse Abu Lahab instead Allah took this responsibility and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam the very famous surah what we know as suratul lahab suratul lahab in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the same rhetoric the same words Allah says tabba and Abu Lahab also said tab and Allah says tabbat yada abi lahabin wa tabba slightly different Allah says May Abu Lahab perish and may his hands also be cut off, may his hands be perished and Allah to confirm Watabba, Allah says and he will be destroyed. This is in confirmation. Watabba, it is not just a curse but it is confirmed that he will be perished, he will be destroyed. Now the Quran speaks of the two hands of Abu Lahab. Why? Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an is the narrator. It is said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he would invite people towards Iman and Islam, this man, Abu Lahab, would follow Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he would want to ridicule Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam whilst Rasulullah would invite people. And so he would say, Oh people of Makkah, don't listen to him, he is my nephew, who was Sahir, Billah. He would say that he is a magician. And he would say, Don't listen to him. This man is not right in the mind. There is something wrong with him. I am related to him. I am the uncle. He is my nephew. I know better. So don't listen to him. This was his attitude. This was the attitude of Abu Lahab. And he would say to the people that my nephew says, if we the people of Makkah don't accept the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the Quran revealed to him, his Allah will punish us. But look at my hands. I am still strong. This is what Abu Lahab would say. Look at my hands. I am still strong. I have my firm grip. I am still alive. What has happened to the punishment that Muhammad promises? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was his attitude. So in response to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Suratul Lahab and Allah has made a special mentioning of the name of Abu Lahab's body features and the hands are included. That you, you take pride in your hands, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, your hands will also be destroyed. Watabba and you will be destroyed totally, completely. And Allah says, ma aghna anhu maluhu wa ma kasab. Allah says, he would take pride in the wealth that Allah had blessed him with and in his children. Allah says, his children and his wealth is of no avail to him. It did not benefit him. He would say, and this is again the riwayat of Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala, a funny man that he was. He would say to the people 
that even if what my nephew says is the truth, even if he says, and that is the truth, I will save myself. I will redeem myself and I am protected. Why? I will save myself by giving rishwat to Allah. I will give a lot of money to God, to God Almighty, to Allah. And I will be protected. Why? I have a lot of children. I have a lot of children and I have a lot of wealth. And this man was very, very rich. Abu Lahab had a lot of money. And so Allah says he takes, uh, he is arrogant because Allah has blessed him with wealth. Allah says his wealth is of no benefit and his children are of no benefit. And now Allah says, Sayasla naran dhata lahab. Sayasla naran dhata lahab. Sayasla in the Arabic language means very soon he will enter fire. Very soon he will enter fire. Word by word translation. Sayasla nara. Very soon he will enter fire. Dhata lahab. Which will be full of flames. Muhaddisin and Mufassireen have mentioned that this deals with the azab of the kabr in alam barzakh when abu lahab died it is said that again immediately he was he, he will be pushed to the flames of jahannam so he is burning allahu akbar and then in jahannam he will also be given the same punishment so allah says sayasla naran zata lahabiu wamraatuhu now the word wamraatuhu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also included the wife. This surah talks about the family of Abu Lahab. And now you can imagine if this is a revelation uh, revealed to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the time when these Arabs took pride in uh, poetry and they were masters in poetry. And when somebody was to read surah to Lahab in front of Abu Lahab, imagine what would happen. Now, now, just if we take an example of this one surah, if Abu Lahab wanted to prove, aliyazu billah, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or Islam to be wrong, all he had to do was to stand on the mountain of Safa and declare to the people that the Quran of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying that I am a kafir and I will never accept Islam. Here I am and I am accepting Islam in front of all of you. He could have done that. Do you understand what I'm saying my brothers? It was not difficult for him. The verses of the Quran are there clearly. And he is still alive. And he, and he remained alive for a long period of time until the battle of Badr. He died seven days after the battle of Badr. So it was easy for him if he wanted to challenge the Quran... He could have just taken the surah and said, this is what the surah speaks about me. I want to prove to you that the Quran is wrong. Al-Iyazu Billah. In front of all of you, I am saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Even though, if he included himself into the camp of the hypocrites. But he did not do that. This is the, the challenge of the Quran. Subhanallah. And after studying the, the surah of Abu Lahab, it is said many people embraced Islam because of this. People have actually embraced Islam after studying this surah, Surah Al-Lahab. And Allah speaks of his wife, Wamra'atuhu, and his wife. The wife's name was Umme Jamil. Umme Jamil. She was the sister of Abu Sufyan. 
and Allah describes her Hamma Latal Hatab. Hamma Latal Hatab. You're not tired, huh? Don't get tired, brothers. Don't start yawning in front of me, especially. MashaAllah. Say, A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitanir Rajeem. So the shaitan can, can go elsewhere. Let the shaitan go elsewhere. Let, let the shaitan go to Israel. Away from us. Subhanallah. Sayasla naran dhat lahab. Allah says, Hamma al hatab. What is Hamma al hatab? The translation of Hamma al hatab is the carrier of firewood. The carrier of firewood. Now there is two tafsir of the carrier of firewood. Mufassirin have mentioned the one meaning in the Arabic language. Idiomatically speaking, in the Arabic language, firewood, carrier of firewood would mean tail bearer. Tail bearer. Either kibat udhar or udhar kibat idhar. So what she would do, she would collect gossips, pieces of information, and in order to ignite disunity and discord uh, in the city of Makkah, she would spread false rumors. False rumors. False rumors. Oh gee, HMC is a money-making scheme, money-making organization. False rumors. Gossips everywhere. So this was her nature, her character. And you find that this is uh, quite common in the women. So the mothers and sisters listening at home don't become naraz. Uh, Allah's Nabi has said, rather, Hazrat uh, Fuzail has mentioned, it's not a hadith, Hazrat Fuzail has mentioned that three sins destroy the good deeds of a person. Gibat, to backbite, Qizb, to lie, and qatat, and when you become a tail bearer, idar kibat udar, spreading false rumors, taking information from here, spreading it to that person, and then spreading his information to another person, so that both of them fight. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys all your good deeds, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us. And the second tafsir of Hammalat al-Hatab is, Mufassirin have said that this is the literal meaning, what she would do, that she would go to the jungle and collect thorny branches, thorny branches and tie it up in bundles and put the bundle on her head and she would tie it in such a way that the rope would be hanging around her neck and she would walk into the city of Makkah in the night she knew that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would come to the haram to perform tahajjud that is where she would spread all the thorns and the thorny branches in the path of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and she would peep from the window wishing that if only Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to step on the thorns and she would feel happy giving pain to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So she was a partner to Abu Lahab in Kufr a hundred percent. She supported the husband throughout his life. Every time she was with Abu Lahab. And Allah says, the punishment for her, fi jidiha hablum min masr. Now in the Arabic language, jid means the neck. Jid means the, fi jidiha, on her neck, fi jidiha hablun. Hablun means a rope. Now, min masr, masr means twisted palm fiber. Twisted palm fiber. Mufassirin have mentioned the word fi jidiha hablum min masad is an indication 
and explaining to the Ummah the punishment that will be given to her in Jahannam, she will be punished by an iron collar or an iron rod that will be put that will be put around her neck in Jahannam, and that is how she will be punished. Allahu Akbar. So Suratul Lahab speaks of Abu Jahal and his wife Umm Jamil, both the husband and wife. And so when this ayat karima was revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Lahab and Umm Jamil came to their sons, Utba and Utayba. And by the way, how did Abu Lahab die? They said that seven days after the battle of Badr, Abu Lahab uh, was touched with this severe plague. And this plague was contagious. So the people of Makkah said to him, Abu Lahab, you can't live in the city of Makkah, you have to get out. So they forced him to get out of the city of Makkah. All of his children abandoned him. This man was now living in isolation, completely alone. This was the punishment that Allah gave him. And in that plague he died. It is said no one even knew of Abu Lahab, the rich man that he was, the leader of the people of Makkah. What was his, uh, the final days, how he died, Allahu Akbar. It is said that for three days, the body was left to rot, untouched. Nobody even knew that Abu Lahab has died. Only when, when the smell, the unbearable stench of the dead body, it is said that people came to the children of Abu Lahab and they were taunting him, Are bhai, ab to kuch karo. Your father has died. And it is your responsibility. Uh, all of Makkah is now smelling. Do something about Abu Lahab. And so they hired laborers and paid them money. And this hole was dug up to bury Abu Lahab. And it is said that with stick, with a stick, Abu Lahab was pushed and thrown into that grave, and it was covered with stones. Allahu Akbar. This is how Abu Lahab perished in this dunya and this is the punishment given to him in the cover that he is burning because of disrespect to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam so umm jamil and abu lahab both come to the sons utba and utayba and they say to utba and utayba do you love your mother and father or do you love ruqayya and umm kulsum radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma and utba and utayba said oh mother what are you trying to say and the mother, Umm Jamil, and Abu Lahab said, Have you read the verses revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? It talks about the evil nature of your father. And how Quran exposes Abu Lahab and Umm Jamil. And so both were pressured to give talaq to Hazrat Ruqayya and Hazrat Umm Kulsum. Abu Lahab was thinking that if my children, we are the rich clan, the rich family, if we divorce the daughters, this would mentally torture Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that is what he wanted. And no doubt, my respected brothers, for any father, it is a mental torture if the girls, the daughters are divorced. But subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best planner. And Allah had willed the best for the daughters of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is said that at that time, the most handsome individual in the city of Makkah was Uthman bin Affan. And remember, both were untouched. Hazrat Ruqayya 
and Hazrat Umm Kulsum wa untouched. It was just nikah that was done. Rukhsati did not happen. So talaq was given, and now Hazrat Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala, and again this is divine selection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hazrat Uthman marries Hazrat Ruqayya radiyallahu ta'ala anha. It is said that Hazrat Ruqayya was a very beautiful woman. A very beautiful woman. And she was known for her beauty. Even when she went to Abyssinia, the, the Abyssinians would say that there was, not a, there was no couple as beautiful as Hazrat Uthman and Hazrat Ruqayya. They were the best match for each other. Subhanallah, the best couples. In fact, the Arabs, it was a proverb at that time, people would say that Nikaho, so it would be like Ruqayya and Uthman. They were the best couple. In the riwayat it comes that once Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to the house of Hazrat Ruqayya. And at that time Hazrat Ruqayya was washing the hair of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. Omar, has your wife done that for you? Don't think I'm picking on you, ha, huh, Umar? Has your wife done that for you? And for all the women listening at home, please, you know, men deserve caressing and love and attention and comfort and, you know, become soft cushions and pillows for them, you know. Allahu Akbar, they deserve that, don't you think, Ahmad? Huh? Hard working sometimes here, sometimes there. So, Allahu Akbar. And the wives of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah's Nabi was in atiqaf and Two-thirds of the body of Rasulullah was in Masjid Nabwi. The head section was in the room, the chamber of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah's Nabi, Allah's, Allah, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's auspicious head was on the laps of one of the wives of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And she would comb the beard of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is muhabbat, this is love. And this is something that is also the sunnah. So there is nothing wrong for a woman to touch your, your beard. Have you got a beard? Yeah. I'm going to pick on you today. So if you have a beard, at least this sunnah can be fulfilled. And to touch your hair. And mashallah. So Hazrat Uthman, mashallah, at that time, Hazrat Ruqayya was putting tail or washing the hair. And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam came. And he was so happy that the daughter was serving and doing khidmah of the husband. And he said to the daughter, Ya Bunayya, subhanAllah. Only if you knew the Arabic language. Oh my daughter. And these are words of love that a father can give to the, to the daughter. Ya Bunayya, oh my daughter, oh my beloved. Make sure you treat and give love to Abu Abdullah. Now Abu Abdullah is the kunya. It is the kunya. Remember we spoke about the kunya in the last session. Give love to Abu Abdullah, that is Hazrat Uthman. Why? Allah's Nabi says that remember, O Ruqayya, from amongst my companions, the closest to me in my character, the closest to me in my character is Uthman bin Affan. Subhanallah. So this man was not an ordinary man, my respected brothers. This is what Allah's Nabi is saying about Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And so they were both happily married. And there, in jealousy, Abu Lahab and Umm Jamil were looking at the marriage of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, Allahu Akbar. They even moved to Abyssinia and this was the migration. And Allah's Nabi says that after Ibrahim alayhi salam and Lut alayhi salam, the first couple 
that made hijrah for the sake of Allah is my daughter and son-in-law. For the sake of Allah. And when they went to Abyssinia, subhanallah, it was famously known in Abyssinia that the daughter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is mustajabu da'wat. That was accepted. If there was any trouble in Abyssinia, people would come to Hazrat Ruqayya and they would say that, oh daughter of Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we want you to lift up your hands and make dua. She would lift up her hands and Allah would immediately accept the dua of Hazrat Ruqayya. So she was mustajabu da'wat. And it is said that they came back again to Makkah just to see if things had calmed down. But it was all the same. Again, for the second time, they migrated to Makkah. And then for the third migration was uh, to Madinatul Munawwara. It was in the second year of Hijri that Hazrat Ruqayya was struck with illness, smallpox. And she, her health was deteriorating. She never recovered from that illness. Even at that time, in fact when she was ill, at the same time the battle of Badr took place. So on one side Hazrat Ruqayya was ill. The difficulty that Ambiya go through. And on one side you had the battle of Badr. The Mushrikeen were coming to fight the Muslims in, in Medina Munawwara. So all of the Mujahideen were in Badr. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said to Uthman, Allah will reward you, but I want you to stay near my daughter and to look after her. Ruqayya was a very special daughter to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa And unfortunately, these Shias don't, don't make any mentioning of Hazrat Ruqayya and Hazrat Umm Kulthum. Why? Because she was married to Hazrat Uthman. Wasn't she the daughter of Rasulullah that we only know of Hazrat Fatima? And everything is about Hazrat Fatima. And please don't get me wrong. Subhanallah. We, can, we know the status of Hazrat Fatima. But if she was the daughter. Even Hazrat Zainab was the daughter. Even Hazrat Ruqayya was the daughter. Even Umm Kulsum was the daughter. But this is the propaganda. That for them, it was Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Fatima. Huh? They have no respect for Hazrat Ruqayya and Umm Kulsum simply because she was in the nikah of Hazrat Uthman. And according to the Shias, Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an is a murtad. Wala hawla wala quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. And they say that he snatched away Khilafat from Hazrat Ali. Umar Farooq snatched away Khilafat from Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Abu Bakr snatched away Khilafat from Hazrat Ali. Allahu Akbar. So we need to understand, my respected brothers, she passed away. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was coming back from the battle of Badr and news was broken to him, the death of his beloved daughter. Hazrat Ruqayya radiallahu ta'ala anha, it is said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was very very sad. Tears were flowing from the eyes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He stood at the cover of Hazrat Ruqayya and he said, Oh my daughter, today you have left me and you have followed Uthman bin Maz'oon. You are, you have followed Uthman bin Maz'oon. Remember, the husband is Uthman bin Affan. Uthman bin Maz'oon was the first Sahabi to pass away in Madinatul Munawwara after the hijrah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the second to pass away was Hazrat Ruqayya. So Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said that Uthman has gone and now you follow him also. And he said that Hazrat Uthman bin Affan at that time, his condition was such that he would not speak to people. Uh, he, he dearly loved Hazrat Ruqayya. 
Hazrat Ruqayya was everything to Hazrat Uthman bin Affan. He cherished her. Subhanallah. In fact, uh, it was so difficult for Hazrat Uthman. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to console him and said to him, Why are you uh, in this state of dejection and depression? Oh Uthman, what is the matter? And he said, Ya Rasulullah, what greater calamity for me than to be cut off from your relationship. To be cut off. It is as if someone has snapped me from, uh, uh, from being related to you. After the death of your daughter, Hazrat Ruqayya, I am far from you. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, uh, barely did the conversation end that Jibreel Amin came to me with the message that Allah orders you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that Ummi Kulsum must also marry Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. Huh? Now remember, the two daughters were married to the two sons of Abu Lahab, Utbah and Utaybah, and Allah gives the two daughters to the most handsome man in Makkah at that time. So after the demise of Hazrat Ruqayya, it is the will and the wish of Allah that Hazrat Umm Kulsum, the third daughter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, comes in the nikah of Hazrat Uthman. And now you can imagine the smile that it brings to the face of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. Again, it is the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Anbiya, it is a greater the, a, a greater test for them in this dunya it is said that she stayed in the nikah of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an for five years and then she also passed away in the city of Madinatul Munawwara and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam performed her janazah salah so this is how the two blessed daughters of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam Ruqayya and Umm Kulsum came into the nikah of Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen dua kardeh Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammadin Nabiyil Ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Allah is majlis ko kabul farma Allah is majlis ko kabul farma Allah ye noa jawan log yaha baithe huye hai Allah mahas teri raza ke liye baithe hai Allah tu hum se razi ho ja Allah hum gunahgar hai yakinan hum gunahgar hai Allah tu to malikul mulk hai Allah teri zat to rahim hai kareem hai Allah humare gunao ko maaf farma de اللہ ہمارے گناہوں کو معاف فرما دے اللہ ان گناہوں کو معاف فرما دے یا اللہ جن کی جن کے جن گناہوں کے متعلق ابھی تک ہم نے توبہ نہیں کی اللہ اس کو بھی معاف فرما دے اللہ ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ جو بیمار ہے ان کو شفا دے اللہ جو دنیا سے چلے گئے اللہ ان کی قبروں کو منور فرما سبحان اللہ و بحمدہ سبحان اللہ العظیم نستغفرک و نتوب الیک نستغفرک و نتوب الیک سمعنا و اطعنا غفرانک ربنا و الیک المصیر برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین